Hello listeners and welcome to Injury Time Footnote, the sister podcast to our regular podcast where we answer your questions and to answer your questions with me today is, as always, uh, Deepayan Singh. Hi guys. How are you? Good, good. Uh, we've just finished recording one podcast, so we'll just get right into the, the second one as well. Sure. So, uh, first question is from uh, Naveed Ahmed who says, what are the chances of BFC topping the league and winning ISL considering their recent form? Yeah, anything's possible. There's still four points clear of Mumbai, so I would still expect them to top the lead. I mean, they've not been in great uh, form of late, but... Um, but neither have any of the top yeah, four. Yeah, and, and we touched upon this in the podcast as well. The good thing for them is that they're still, you know, fighting back into matches and making a good fist of things. They don't start all that well, so that's something that they have to address ahead of the playoffs. But I would expect them to make the playoffs. I would expect them to maybe even top the lead. And uh, winning the ISL, yeah, I mean, that's... Um, they need to sort a few things out before we can confidently say that. But as of now, I would still, you know, plant them as the favourites. Yeah. So moving on to Vivek Mohan 81. Uh, that's I think Vala is his name, but this is his handle. Thoughts on Chante's trial with the Viking club in Norway? Don't you find it a little bit odd that the trial was fixed in the middle of season? I think uh, the answer is the Norwegian league starts from March and runs till November. So for them, it's still pre-season, and. Uh, I was yeah, Viking would have uh, basically won the first division last year. So that yeah. would have gotten over in the I end think of they are one, one of those teams. So they reached the elite division. Yeah, I think they are one of those historic clubs when I was looking yeah, through, yeah. although fallen on tough times at yeah, least in yeah, terms yeah. of trophies. I think it's an exciting development because... Uh, what, Chante, do you think, yeah. what do you think of Norwegian clubs scouting India? <laughs> think, because Gurpreet yeah. was obviously yeah, there. Yeah. I think anywhere is good really because more than anything else it's uh, not so much about the football culture but yes I mean anybody who's a Manchester United fan right now will not disagree that Norway has a good football culture but uh, more than anything else it's also about these guys going out and you know staying abroad and just toughening up and you've seen that with Gurpreet Singh Sandhu. He's much better now as a goalkeeper than he was in his first stint with East Bengal. Of course he's grown older and wiser as well but that experience abroad has obviously helped him like you know just toughen up as a person. Um, the other part of it is that Changte, I think, is about 21. Yeah, somewhere than uh, Yeah, he, he should be 22 soon. So maybe if this had come a couple of years earlier, then I would have preferred it for him because, I mean, it'll be a bigger test of character now for him because he's already played in India and he he'll probably not have the same kind of opportunities even if he gets selected into Viking, uh, apart from the trials, because he may not be a regular starter. He might be used sparingly. He might feel lonely, it might be expensive for him to stay out there. Mm. So all these factors will come in, you know, I, I don't know personally how his life in India has been, whether he's always had a close family around him, you know, uh, those factors will come into play. So those will test him a little bit more and I mean it's something which all the Indians who have played abroad, like you know, Sunil Chetri or Gurpreet Sandhu, they've all said that. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish I'd been younger when I went abroad. Mm. Like Sunil, been, Sunil says that all the time about the Portugal strength that he Absolutely, had. I mean... Yeah. If he'd been younger, then no two ways about it. He would have stuck around, he would have stayed for three, four years. He would have improved to the point that he would be a first-team starter and then maybe move on to greater things. But uh, it's, it's always tougher when you're a little older. Thankfully, he's still young, relatively. Yeah. And from whatever little I know of him, having chatted with him or having heard about him, he's a you know religious young man. He believes in family. He believes in God and everything. So it'll probably keep him grounded. But... Uh, it's when the things will get tough, if there's rejection immediately, that's how uh, his character will be tested and let's see, hope he bounces back because I think he still has a lot to offer to Indian football. Yes, he's. I think the final delivery and finishing is the only thing he needs yeah, to work on. His work rate is outstanding, outstanding. speed is outstanding, pace. 
His positioning yeah. that he picks up to receive yeah. the ball is outstanding. Yeah. It's just that, yeah, just probably that final decision making which yeah. needs to improve. So all the best to him. Uh, Harmeet Singh is there in Viking in Norway, not in Viking. Yeah. So maybe he can get in touch with him and have some someone to speak Hindi with. Anyway, uh, uh, that you are resuming Changte speaks Hindi. He speaks he a know? little bit, yeah. But I think he's more comfortable with English. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> then he should be fine because Norway <laughs> yeah. is a very nice place. Yeah. My two of my friends actually moved there yesterday, so on work and stuff. But anyway, uh, Orko Batasaria, who is one of our panelists. Yeah. Hi, Orko. Uh, he has, hello. <laughs> shout out to Orko. You can you should follow him actually. He's very very funny on Twitter. And for the uh, longest time, I thought he looked like Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you know if you follow him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know. So, uh, Orko, uh, he asks, are there stringent measures inside stadia required to preempt unruly behavior, or should the security staff ease up a little in light of recent events? Discuss 10 marks. Yeah. So I told him, I promised him I'll get an eight. Yeah. So you have to deliver at least 7.5. <laughs> so uh, to begin with, yeah, I mean, I must admit to a little bit of cheating because I asked you a little bit uh, before this, like, what are these recent events? We never admit to cheating. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so divine providence gave me the yeah. information of the recent events. Uh, obviously, there's a reference to uh, what happened in Delhi where some of the supporters were asked to sit down. In a football game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the Metallica concert that never happened in Gurgaon, which I attended yeah. once. Yeah. Do you know, my sister was there. Okay. She was a journalist and yeah. she was going to interview yeah. Metallica. Yeah. And she called me and said, tell me the name of the band members. <laughs> and I was like, this is not fair. How is she allowed to do it and I'm sitting at home? Was she working with Times of India by the way? No, no, she was working with uh, Doordarshan. That, that's a relief because Times of India, incidentally, this uh-huh. is the concert that never happened. Hmm. And the next day, uh, Delhi Times carried a picture and a caption saying that crowds rejoice as Metallica performs in Gurgaon. Is it from the Bangalore concert? No. No. It was Some other concert. So they had already prepared that and they didn't know that the <laughs> concert was cancelled. So it was a bit embarrassing to say the least. But yeah, I mean, yeah. at the risk of pissing you off, no, no, expect no. it from Times of India. No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. So. Especially their, you know, Delhi Times and those tabloid versions. Yeah, like... I'm contractually not allowed to say anything. Anyway, so, uh, so asking people to sit down at uh, at football matches or uh, you know limiting the size of banners or preventing them from carrying banners which might even remotely be construed as uh, controversial. But rem- football is supposed yeah. to have. A yeah, I remember early days of BFC when they joined the ISL. There were a few you know posters which apparently raise their heckles and they had them removed at half time or something and yeah. I think that's just childish behavior because yeah you, you should be allowing people to express their emotions obviously there are FIFA guidelines AFC guidelines about what constitutes you know either racism or something which is uh, bigoted or something which is objectionable so you take that into account but you can't impose your own rules and you can't uh, sort of stifle uh, creativity and I mean it's the surest way to turn people off they won't Absolutely. come to your games Maybe that explains why people don't come to Delhi's matches. If you get them to sit down and you know watch, like what are you looking to achieve? What I mean, how is it going to harm the game if people stand up and watch a football <laughs> match? Like you know, unless they are. Uh, I mean, here's the funny thing that in I, I remember these experiences of watching you know uh, just incidentally watching Calcutta like league matches in those club maidan tents. And they used to have those uh, temporary bamboo structures, which for the longest time I couldn't understand, but now I do because all of that area is basically owned by the army, so you can't create any installations there. 
apparently mohan bagan is the only club which has a permanent one stand mm. and that was only because uh, one of the defense ministers some 40 50 years ago was a mohan bagan fan so mm. he approved <laughs> one stand to be built on basically what is army land so i've seen fans jump up and down on those chairs and like you know on mm. on those stands and like their feet have just got stuck in because it's broken and stuff mm. but that is passion that is like you know that is organic fan following that is what you want from indian football you don't want like you know this uh, synthetic uh, sense of like whatever your uh, those seagram's royal blue boys <laughs> you know doing that hula hoop move or something like that the boys types yeah whatever <laughs> like, what nonsense is that i mean that's not fan following this is not what indian football or any football is meant to be and you can't on top of that you know stifle them and make them sit down and you know whatever like what is next will there be a national anthem will there be a prayer will there be a devotional song there is already a national anthem so yeah i mean will there be a national anthem with the crowd will have to sing along to as well or something oh do we have to i don't know i mean that's <laughs> what like what what new rule is going to come up from isl so really another thing they did was uh, i think bfc fan, i am not very sure yeah. but i think bfc fans did bring a banner yeah. for hakim the yeah, yeah. footballer who got stuck yes. in thailand and there's a big human rights violation issue the world over they were protesting yeah. about this and uh, they were not allowed to do it and i think eric tweeted back saying they have to sort themselves out mm-hmm. making political statements through football yeah is nothing new argentina they were one very good example of that england has done it before and as uh, i said germany has done it, it before isn't if it isn't openly you know uh, promoting racism or bigotry in some way or something or uh, flouting fifa's guidelines in some way then uh, i mean then it's an issue otherwise let it be i mean how does it matter like what unless you know whatever maybe mr ambani has some ties with uh, the perpetrators of the whole hakim episode but this, is, this is not about him right? this is about, about the football league the isl is never about the football league unfortunately i mean it's a stark reality <laughs> but it's, it's true it's about the interests of one particular group which unfortunately or fortunately holds all the reins in indian football at the moment so but you do admit and to or orcos point yeah. that they have to let people bring banners or yeah. whatever or and, and i mean some chants i understand are not great yeah but again that is you've heard worse things being sung across yeah. on the road actually we just walk now i mean i give isl credit where it's due that they have improved in stadium security it's yeah. much better yeah. than what it used to be say during the i league in the i league i have sat uh, i mean unfortunately soon after Seb Blatter once visited Calcutta in 2007. So the old commentary box became inaccessible because what they did was they just like built a, a VIP section, bulletproof glass and everything ahead of it. So the commentary boxes became inaccessible. So what they did was I mean now in the revamp situation it's much better, but back then we used to sit right on top of the stands essentially in between two like you know sets of supporters. One side was East Bengal, one side was Mohan Bagan. And depending on which side was you know uh, winning the other side would regularly throw bottles and everything yeah, and yeah. expletives abuses you know some of them would be exposing themselves <laughs> <laughs> so all those kinds of things used to happen all around us and we'd be completely unfazed by it i remember once my cousin came along and he panicked a little because he he you know found a bottle landing just like almost by his lap hmm. and i was just wrapping up the match this was the bla- this was the bladder derby in fact hmm. in 2007 So I just told my brother that don't worry I mean I've had worse things thrown at me like I've had rocks and stones and stuff thrown. So those are things that Indian football has seen. I mean I can't imagine that that will happen again because that person probably, probably shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, identified, arrested and sent out and whatever blacklisted for future. So you have proper security inside the stadium which 
just puts a little bit of fear into fans that you can't do anything untoward. But expressing yourself through banners, through things, even chants, I think, I mean, I've always been a little bit sort of ambivalent about it that should, you know, abuses be allowed in chants. I think at points I have expressed my dissatisfaction with clubs which do that. And to a great extent, I think BFC has been guilty of that. In, yeah, in the I I-League. agree. Sometimes they give referees far too much stick. Yeah, in the I-League, yeah. fans were never abusive. They were usually very funny. They were usually very vocal. Hmm. And I mean, there were some isolated nut cases. But this whole like, you know, group together singing and paying for somebody's blood and getting personal and abusing, that's something which BFC unfortunately has brought into the fan culture and they must own up to it. But on the same hand, I also think that that's not bad for a footballer to have to deal with hmm. because that's the kind of pressure that you might face when you're playing international football as well. Yeah. I mean, they might be abusing in a language you don't know. But, ha, but abuse just, nonetheless, yeah. you know the gist of the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you get that they don't like you. They yeah. might boo you or whatever. So, so it, it toughens you up as a player as well. I, again, I'm not saying it should be done, but I mean, it's kind of on the border, like, yeah. like a lot of things that BFC do. <laughs> so... Uh, it, it's something that you should probably clamp down on. Like when somebody abuses, maybe find the you know find the club points. Like just dock them ten points or something, and they'll think twice about doing something like that. So think of innovative ways of making sure that the club clamps down on those things themselves. But as for the in-game situation, just handle that yourself and and let fans come in and express themselves the way that they want. Yeah, I don't see any problem with it. I did not know this when when I was watching games in Kerala in yeah. Calicut. Yeah. We didn't really have a lot of teams in. Yes, we sure. used to play for a while. But yeah. Then they kind of faded off. Yeah. So I don't even remember which match this is. But uh, we used to go to the stadium and there will be literally 15 people. Yeah. Of which there are four couples who have come here for some peace <laughs> and quiet. Yeah. And uh, there is two old uncles, one young fellow, and yeah. three four kids like yeah. us who have uh, yeah. finished tuition class and gone yeah. to sit yeah. and watch. Yeah. So. I personally think you should just be allowing people to do... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all for... I mean... But no, I think, yeah. abusive or otherwise, the chance make the stadium... It, it comes alive. Atmosphere. But, but I must say, like, you know, post-BFC, uh, once I started going to a few games and after a long break again, once I started going to a few games, when I covered them for ESPN in Kolkata, I found that the Kolkata fan had changed as well. Suddenly they had become abusive as well. So. They were thinking that they were being smart by, you know, paying back in the same coin, but it doesn't work that way. It just yeah. paints a very poor picture of the club. I think you should uh, take a picture, I mean, take a leaf out of these books from uh, the close to relegation clubs in in, in England, mm. when the other team is like when Chelsea or yeah. Manchester United. Uh, mm. I think Chelsea can't talk anything now, <laughs> but uh, City who are they're winning and their chances fans are singing. I've heard Sunderland fans actually sing. Uh, you're only leading one nil, uh, so. We lose every week, you're only needing one <laughs> So how shit must you be? Yeah, self-depreciation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, you have to laugh at yourselves at the end. At, at that point, yeah, there's nothing nothing else you can do. So uh, moving, <laughs> moving on to the next question. I think if I were to be really frank, I mean, in all my years of covering football, I think there's nothing to beat the fans of the Northeast. And just the whole experience, just the first game, I, I distinctly remember, you know, covering the first game of Shilong Lajong, the year that they got promoted to the ID. Uh, I think it was a Saturday or a Monday afternoon. And afternoon. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, every game there earlier on, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think the lights were functional, so they had to be an afternoon kickoff. Uh, must have been 2 p.m. or something, but a lovely, like, you know, crisp winter afternoon. People coming in, in, uh, you know, big uh, family wagons with all their food and everything. So there was a picnic just outside the stadium for literally every family which was coming in. 
and basically the the stadium was packed with just families with children you know little kids coming in they were happy they were many of them were drunk but you know drunk in a good way and uh, i remember it was mohan bagan shillong lajong i think they probably won it 2-1 mohan bagan uh, marcos pereira scored a beautiful free kick goal direct free kick but uh, the fans had a lovely time they kept singing right through the 90 minutes and that's how fan experiences should be i mean that's the best picture of indian football that you want to paint yes absolutely uh, just being part of a crowd is amazing like if anybody if you have a chance you should go and watch on in the stadium because of the experience and you also see a lot more things than they show yeah, on tv yeah. so you can kind of make out what is going to come yeah, sooner for, or later especially for young aspiring footballers just go out there and watch maybe pick out your favorite footballer and just watch watch or observe him or her i mean especially with the hero gold cup on yeah. so much you know quality on display just watch some of these players for 90 minutes that's it now that you touched on it hero yeah. gold cup girls are doing well i i think they're good um i i tweeted the other day that the only problem probably is they're a little bit slow with their defense mm-hmm. which is what's allowing a team like nepal to hit them on the counter but going forward they look quite amazing just need a little bit more work on the finishing but there are lots of good elements about this women's team and quite excited to see how far they go yes they look they look like a decent team and hopefully some some very good individual players but they have to gel together as a team yeah in the goal so yeah. stand out for that but yeah. hopefully they can do much 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 better going forward Now, uh, moving on to the next two questions, which is about the Asian uh, Under-23 Championship, AFC Championship that yeah. is going to happen. And uh, one question was among from Abhinandan Mukherjee. Mm-hmm. He says, among 38 players that probable list, which 21 will get selected for the Asian 23? Mm-hmm. So they there was a leaked yeah. 23 list yeah. that came out on Sports Kira. So I've taken a printout of it so that we can see. Do you? I don't know how to ask this question because other people cannot see the names but you would expect the usual suspects from the under 17 world cup who came through the anil thapas and yeah. the vinith rice of the world to come through yeah so i mean uh, one thing which i wrote right at the end of the afc asian cup was that there was a lot of hope from the indian team simply because a lot of the team players were about 23 and younger so many of them automatically qualify to be uh, you know part of the under 23 squad and i won't be surprised if they are picked like you know especially the guys who were uh, <coughs> excuse me <coughs> called up as probables by uh, steven constantine as well now looking at the squad which uh, uh, you have right in front of me i can see a lot of the under 17 ex under 17 players So what that tells me is that somewhere there's been a gap. Like exactly, I was just going to pick up on the same piece. So the under 19 team from two years ago has not really made the grade up. Like there aren't enough players who have come up to the you know uh, expectations, and that points to the deficiencies in our youth system. That's that's the only comment that I could have. But uh, let's not uh, you know. I think the next question also. This next question is uh, Aditya Shandilya. I'm sorry if I got the spelling wrong. I think that's correct only expectation. So he says expectations from the under 23 squad. Now uh, I'll read a stat which I searched up because yes. this is again we are releasing an episode with Richard Hood soon. I think we'll be releasing three, four episodes with him because of the amount that we spoke. And this is something that you should check out. So India in the group is with Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and Pakistan. That's the group that they are yeah. in. Yeah. They have to win it to be confirmed to go for qualification. and uh, best place second team is also there i think but that's a like we shouldn't be looking at that at all 
so uzbekistan has played they they have already asian games quarter finalists uh, they are the defending under under i think they are also former champions of the yeah asian defending games. 2018 champions and asian games they won i yeah. think in 94 so So it's a great football pedigree nation. They were very good in the Asian Cup as well. <laughs> yeah, they were surprisingly good. I don't think a lot of people associated them being that good. No, I I thought they'd be good, but yeah, I mean, uh, I I didn't expect them to get knocked out as early as they did. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, uh, from what their journalists told me, there was not much uh, respect for Hector Cooper, who was you know coaching them. They said that even if we coached, they would have topped the group. <laughs> so, so they have played 26 games yeah. in the last two years. And Tajikistan has played 11 games uh, since 2014. Pakistan has played 13 games since 2010, and India has 16 since 2010. So this is a team who has played 26 games in two years. Yeah. The amount of exposure, the amount of time, yeah. and everything yeah. that they have gotten, experience-wise, yeah. they are far, far above India. So uh, I'm sure this is something that Richard would have touched upon because he is very passionate about these numbers and statistics and you know the overall roadmap. The problem with India is that we tend to sort of have these ad hoc moments of inspiration where we realize that oh there's a tournament around the corner let's cobble a team together and you know make it play practice matches and whatever overseas tours exposure tours everything. It's suddenly the in thing especially once the under 17 World Cup was granted to India. but you need to have a consistent program for that and that's what this points towards i mean uzbekistan has a good rich football culture why because from a young age they have these exposure tours they have regular matches and because of their world ranking there are teams which agree to play them on a regular basis so those are the things that i mean it applies across every age group whether under 16 under 19 under 23 senior team the more you play the better you get the better you get the more teams want to play you and it's it's like a vicious cycle i mean in in reverse that when you're not playing enough then you're not winning enough then you're not playing enough good teams and your ranking is improving so those are the simple things and i i mean honestly i hope they do really well but i don't expect much from this under 23 team there are some good players obviously um if you look at anirudh thapa vinith rai all of them with the experience sarthak goloi from their experience of having just been with the asian cup anirudh thapa of course had a starring role in most of india's matches so they should be expected to do well but i wouldn't expect too much in terms of results i'd be happy if they pakistan, beat pakistan they can be. they should beat pakistan yeah. they should be able to do well against tajikistan as well maybe you know sneak in a win there uzbekistan i don't think there's much of a chance but yeah i mean if recent history is anything to go by india is capable of surprising you so let's hope for the best from them and maybe aspire for a good you know best second place finish to be in contention for the under 23 next year but i think even pakistan is a tricky tie because i seen them play yeah in 2013 the under 23 team had come yeah. here they played two matches yeah i think india won one day on one because uh, they'll the be government. they'll be physical they'll yeah, be very exactly. physical and uh, that is one aspect in which the indian players as the asian cup again showed they are probably not quite there up to the mark yet uh, they have improved slightly on you know technical skills uh, but largely if you remember most of the physical battles uh, probably uh, sandesh jingan was the only one who could comprehensively yeah. say that he won most of his you know duels and to an extent pruna haldar except yeah. for the one that very gave away the penalty so uh, yeah i mean the physical aspect of it is something that the other teams will look to exploit uzbekistan will be very good they'll have skills they'll have pace and they'll also have physicality Tajikistan will be a little bit of a mixed bag so which is why i'm saying that india can yeah. hope to get a result against them 
but I think all said and done, they should be able to do well against Pakistan. I mean, yeah. we don't know I think how they're under Second place is ideally what you should be hoping that at least the least thing that yeah. they're looking but, at. But I mean, realistically, it could also be third place. <laughs> <laughs> let's, 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 let's hope uh, yeah. that they do well because we don't yeah. want to sound too. I was, I was once uh, preparing for IITs and everything. And I got very disillusioned, so I just decided that I want to become a cricketer. So for two months, I just like you know, completely went off everything, went off school, went off IIT preparation, and I just played cricket, cricket, cricket. Then I realized that no, I was being a fool at you know, uh, ignoring my education. So I went back to my IIT preparations, and the the counselor there, basically he was also one of the chairmen or something. This was Fitji, you know, the forum oh, for yeah, IIT. Yeah, yeah. So he said something which still sticks to my mind to till date, which I think applies here that. Always hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's. Did, I think did you those are words to live by. Uh, I did sit for the test, but I didn't do very well. Okay. Yeah, I, I also wrote the IIT yeah. exam. I could have bought a car <laughs> with the rank that I got. So <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, I, you mean in, in terms of the numbers? Yeah, A triple I got uh, in the five, six figures, five figures, whatever. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, my father was just looking and saying, I can buy my car with this. It's cheaper. It's uh, so, a good way to take it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, to be honest, I, I, I did yeah. finish engineering, mm. but uh, it is not really my calling. So the four years that I took to yeah. went to college, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really bother studying anything. Yeah, yeah. It I, was just... Even for me, just like going into JE preparation was basically just running away from the other possibility of like enrolling for tuitions and you know wasting a lot of time. Exactly. We, we ended up, we used to go to the school and we ended up like playing cricket there most of the time. Really? Uh, what we do, we had that course, every weekend we used to go for mm. entrance coaching mm. and I'm putting air quotes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only reason we went was, there was this place called Dakshin Dawaj and they mm. just introduced Manjurian Dosha oh. and which was not a thing that was available in Calicut and we all wanted to eat it. So. You'd go there to make sure that we yeah. went there and ate lunch and Strange motivations. Yeah. I know, right? And we would bunk the last hour because that means I can get home by 4. Yeah. So that I can start playing at 4 sure. as opposed to 5.30 yeah. yeah. when it's not possible anymore. Yeah. So different motivations. Uh, people say Effective time management. It taught you that. Unbelievable. Yeah. I am always on time <laughs> if the traffic doesn't. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's big gift. <laughs> But, but we do what we can. Yeah. So uh, I think that's just about it. Unless you have any pet peeves that you want to talk about. Uh, no, not really. I mean, I think we are done with most of the pet peeves. We are. I said, yeah, allow people to bring in banners. <laughs> yeah. And Orko, I hope you're satisfied. Yes, Orko. That is at least an eight and a half. And I promised uh, eight. So I think we have over delivered there. And we should pat ourselves on the back for it. But uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's hope uh, we come up with more of such interesting conversations in the next week. For this week, this is about it. And uh, thank you, Devayan, for uh, your time yes. and everything. So uh, I hope we'll see you again next week. So in the meantime, listen to us and uh, enjoy the beautiful day.